Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Dobry vetcher from the capital city of Prague and welcome to the Bohemian Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Coleman. National dishes are part of the fabric of a culture that transcends distance and time. Culinary traditions have a way of bringing people together, defining communities, and strengthening age-old traditions. For the Czech and Moravian peoples of Central Europe, certain dishes and food preparation go far beyond the basic need for sustenance. Beer culture in Bohemia is a way of life. Pivo, as we call it here, was known as liquid bread for its caloric attributes. It also joined honey-based mead in the Middle Ages as a safe alternative to tainted water. Cooking with beer is something that's been done, but for the Czechs, it's a supplement to the beer dishes such as meat and potatoes. Heavy and starchy, but filling and altogether wonderful. Think of it as comfort food. Any Czech mother worth her salt would know how to make švíčkova, a roast beef with sauce, dumplings, cream, and a small cranberry topping. Odnidlo dvešpo zolo, dumplings, pork, and cabbage. Don't forget about Czech pub food, such as pork knee, duck in any form, and sausage with horseradish. My favorite would be the Czech fried cheese, which is called smažek. If you are brave and nose-deaf, you may also enjoy a fine serving of Olomouc cheese. Very pungent, but goes great with pivo. Think fried, think heavy, think tasty. Maybe with a side of acid reflux. The city of Prague has many names, and one of them is the Paris of Central Europe, all except for its culinary arts. Many have called Czech cooking peasant food. I don't quite know if that's fair. Its roots go back for several hundred years. Fish ponds were created to feed the masses as a backup plan should crops fail or animals die. Czech's relationship with carp is known pretty well, especially during Christmas time. But it is the close relationship with the pig that trumps all other meats and dishes. During the fall and in February, the pig slaughtering, which is known as Zobiechka, is a tried and true tradition inside and outside the city limits. Every part of the pig is used. Every single part. <laughs> American expat Phil Mullis makes Zobiechka an annual winter event for him and his children, a connection to their Czech heritage and a way to score some great sausage. Usually what we do when we go out there is the pig's already been slaughtered and it's hung up when we arrive. That's about 8 o'clock in the morning. So uh, by the time it's hung up, they've started uh, draining the blood all out of it and collecting that and um, taking the organs out 
and taking uh, the intestines and whatnot and preparing that for the sausages. So uh, usually the first thing we do is have a welcome one or two shots of Slivovice, that's plum liquor. Um, next, uh, we'll usually take part in the making of the sausage. Uh, first, they'll make a sausage called uh, Iternitze. Iternitze is basically a, let's say, liverwurst type sausage. Next thing we'll make is the, uh, um, the blood sausages. It's a Yelito in Czech. After that, we'll prepare, in English, it's the head cheese, and uh, it's Tlachinka in Czech. And then uh, the last thing, um, the, the pig is fully butchered. The, the loins taken out, the ribs are taken out, of course, the, uh, the, the shoulder, different cuts, they're subdivided, they're wrapped up, and, and we get our booty for the day, we divide it up and, and take it home and have a lot of pig to eat on for the next couple months. When you go into a hypermarket or a local bakery here in the Czech Republic, you will undoubtedly be met with a ton of bread options. It is a little daunting to know what to pick out and for what culinary purpose. There are plenty of bread options in the States, too, but in the Czech lands, certain breads are a staple of life, a cultural connection that runs deep. The French have the croissant. Americans have the cornbread and buttered biscuits. The Czechs have the rolique. For more on this cultural carb mainstay, here's Travis Dow. Having lived in Prague for many years, you find yourself gravitating to local tastes and finding your favorite items and dishes. The heavy and starchy selections are more than desired in the cold winter months that provide a stick-to-your-bones fare of food. Bread is part of that diet in Czechia, and one type of bread in particular trumps them all. It is called the rolik. To a foreigner's eye, it is probably to mo- the most boring and overrated item on a Czech grocery list. And this love affair to the Rolik all starts at a very early age. When a kid is begging for a snack or is fussy, Czech moms and grandmoms shove this semi-crescent-shaped bread in their kid's mouth, and at this point, the love affair with the Rolik has begun. This missile-like shaped bread has a golden crispy crust and dry puff texture inside, but that is when it is fresh. Hours later, it becomes rubbery and, and chewing becomes a workout. And only a day later, it becomes a large crouton only suitable for feeding ducks. They are super cheap and many buy them by the dozen. Then use them immediately for dipping in soup and sauces. As mentioned before, it can serve as hunger first aid for hungry kids. Oh yeah, try not to eat this thing in the car. Crumbs are everywhere. Now the only variance to how a rolik is defined rests with three options. Plain, salted, or with poppy seeds. The plain version is a fan favorite for those healing from post-op in the hospital, or a pot of hot tea and a plain rolik is just what the doctor ordered. And you can forget about making this bread into a sandwich of sorts, one of the first mistakes a foreigner makes. A real Czech would never be so foolish as to try something so unnatural as to cut a rolik long ways in the hopes of stuffing it with meat or cheese. If you attempt this, you'll be very disappointed with the mauled, crumbled mess in front of you. We're not trying to pick on this national bread of pride. There are so many other options here. It is just that the Rolik is king among the Czech breads, and heavy is the Rolik that wears the crown. 
Bread shopping is a daily task here. In, in a Czech bakery, a variety of flowers, seeds, nuts, and grains are mixed into bread choices. For instance, the Shumovsky is the typical loaf which you'll find in most supermarkets and bakeries. It is oval with a golden brown chewy crust and light brown inside. It contains about 70% wheat and 30% rye flour. The crust is chewy and the inside spongy, a little moist and light brown. You can cut it how you like, thick or thin, and this would be the best option for sandwich making. But remember, it is no rollick. Brit expat Hugo Banks can find that unique Czech cuisine can be found anywhere in Prague, including during a busy lunch rush. This particular entree has a throwback feel to the days gone by as a blue-collar special. My favorite Czech food must be um, kozeci steak sporoskvi. <laughs> this is funny. So it's chicken steak battered with a hammer till it doesn't look like chicken anymore. Then you have your... Half of a tinned, has to be tinned peach, fresh ones are no good. And then a slice of plastic cheese, has to be, you know, EDAM, IDAM, plastic square. And then bunged under the grill until the cheese goes a little bit droopy. And then it comes with this, like, really watery, light brown... Brown sauce? It's not sauce, it's kind of gravy, but it's basically sort of, if you put water in the frying pan after you finish with it and then just dribble that over the top. And yeah, it is delicacy. It sounds like it's got all your basic food groups. Apart from the chips that you have to with it, you have to have chips. Oh no, it's got to be, it's got to be, what are, what are they called? Yeah, haranolki, so which is actually like French fries, you know, fresh out of the bag from the freezer. Um, yeah, and then sort of, you know, fried until they are anemic. In the past 10 years, Prague has had a many renaissance in the culinary arts with wonderful restaurants and renowned chefs setting up shop here. Tourism has pushed the need for more options on what type of food is available, and sometimes that means selection, creativity, and a worldview influence on food. Still, a popular Czech dish prepared with love from, let's say, a grandmother can rival most high-cost eateries in town. I had a chance to sit down with Prague native Lucy Steneva as she recalled the food that she and her sister would enjoy from the loving hands of her grandmother, something we Americans would call comfort food. The difference between having somebody come in as a, as a tourist and get some of these and having your grandmother make you something, you know, it can be a very big difference. If you were at home and grandma was able to make you something, what would that thing be? What would be the comfort food that you would, kind of your mind would go back to? I know what we used to really love as kids with my sister would be potato dumplings with smoked pork meat, which is like a big piece that you boil and then you cut it in little cubes or pieces, and then white cabbage. So I kind of get the idea that <clears throat> there's a lot of meat involved <laughs> with Czech cuisine um, and sometimes heavy sauces and those type of things. Would you say that maybe uh, Czech cuisine is, is unimaginative in, in a sense? or Because it, it doesn't seem like it's too, it doesn't push the envelope too much. There's a lot of tradition with Czech cuisine. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's, it's mostly, mostly the sauces. You can really taste it salty. And you have the meat, you don't have really much vegetables, you don't have any other like interesting taste. It's, it's usually just sauce, which is brown and salty. <laughs> which goes great with beer. 
<laughs> right? Okay. Okay. If you had to, if you had to pick some of these, um, what would be a really good um, degree of beer? Would that even matter to you? What what degree of beer you would have with a certain dish, like an, a twelve or eleven or ten degree beer? I'm not an expert because I don't like Czech beer very oh much. Oh my god, I have to cut this out. I can't believe you said that on on our podcast. <laughs> All right, but but for yeah, but yeah. What, what my grandpa would have it would be the sitka, which is the ten degree. If it, because twelve it's too much. I don't know why, but apparently twelve is too much. So in other words, beer with lunch is fine. Beer with dinner is expected. Beer through the day helps a lot too. Yeah. Right. So, but uh, yeah, we we've talked about this in our uh, Nastrvi episode on beer. Uh, that uh, there are many different occasions to drink beer. Usually, it's all the time here. <laughs> uh, but even in the summer, there's t- type of fruity flavor beers out there too. They kind of cut the heat a little bit. You know, maybe a little sweeter, but it's still a beer brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's different things that go with it. But talking about the the sweetness of of beer reminds me about the the sweetness of desserts that you have here. You know, in in Asia, desserts can be very very sweet. Um, in the United States, they're probably right behind that. They they can be very uh, confectionery, a lot of a lot of hard sugars, <laughs> you know, with 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 our desserts. But here, my taste is is kind of downplayed a little bit after five years here. That I um, I'm fine with the, the very light bit of sugar used in in some of the sweets. Um, what are some of your favorite desserts that 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 you would eat here? Well, my favorite dessert is strudel, and the other one is medovnik, which is like a honey cake, probably like a layered cake with honey in it. And that's again, it's supposed to be an old recipe, but I've never heard of it as a child. Someone found it somewhere at some point, probably, and they just made it. A, you know, they they put it in old cafes, and it became popular. Whether you're taking part in a manual pig processing, or just taking in fine dining at your favorite Czech pub, Czech food and the experience will stay with you, as well as some extra pounds. If you can, try to save room for buci, a traditional sweet bun filled with plum marmalade, sweet cheese or a sugar-butter-based poppy seed filling. All good stuff, but not the type of food to eat and then be active. I would say more like a delightful food coma, if you will. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Bohemian Podcast. I'll be sure to update our food section on bohemican.com if any of these dishes pique your interest. And as we say before every Czech meal, Dobrohut. Until next time for the Bohemian Podcast, I'm Pete Coleman saying goodnight. You have been listening to the Bohemican Podcast with Pete Coleman and Travis Doe. Visit bohemican.com for more information on this episode, other episodes, and much more information about history, traditions, and culture in the Czech Republic. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, and review, and don't forget to rate us. We would love to hear from you. Send comments, ideas, and corrections on our comments page on bohemican.com or get in touch via Facebook or Twitter. Tune in to our sister podcast, History of Alchemy, which is also on iTunes or on historyofalchemy.com. Until next time on the Bohemican Podcast, thank you for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.